Heyo, welcome to Greek Tragedy. It's psychology without the science, so it's philosophy. Uh, today I'm joined with a very special guest again. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi guys, I'm Hannah. I am still the same 18-year-old Jew in Los Angeles. Of course. Um, today we're going to tackle a topic that's probably my favorite and most passionate topic. And I don't even know if this qualifies as philosophy, but I guess in some ways it can because it interprets like meaning and life and love and the point of life and everything to do with, you know, this man, Viktor Frankl, which can apply to a lot of us. Uh, so without further ado, this is Man's Search for Meaning, kind of a tackle on that. Oh, Hannah, would you like to speak on your association with the book? Yeah, so I, like I said, I'm an American Jew, or I'm a Jewish American. Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. Um, if you don't know what the Holocaust is, for some reason, the Holocaust was the murder of 6 million plus Jews um, in Europe during World War II. Um, and Viktor Frankl was among many scientists, doctors, and other uh, critical professions, um, I guess, in, in Europe and, and all over. Um, and so he was working before the Holocaust, before he was captured from his home. Um, he worked on a theory called, like, psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. And it's finding meaning and purpose in life by by using struggles and... Um, Guess your day-to-day -day routine. And, and, yeah, and things like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. What I think is really interesting about this topic is that it can really help us in the post-truth era and I guess like an era that's like based on social media because I for one think that social media has caused a huge or is a huge factor in depression rates um and anxiety rates just because there's like this ideal that people feel they need to keep up to and even though this book was written um 80 years ago there's so much stuff that I feel like people could relate to in this book so if you haven't read this book i'm telling you it will literally change your life yeah. and change your perspective on your day-to-day -day life your parents day-to-day -day life your significant others day-to-day -day life whatever um and it'll really i don't know if i can qualify myself in saying that i was depressed because i don't think i've ever been in a depression period of my life or i've never been diagnosed with depression but i've definitely had some low points and this book has always powered through and i always remember what Frankel has to say. Uh, so I kind of wanted to do a little fun thing in the beginning and kind of, I mean, ask what happiness is defined to you. Yeah. So if you could tell me what, what is your happiness? Like, where do you get happiness? And like, what is your meaning in life per se? Yeah. I think that happiness, obviously, like you just said, means so many different things for so many different people. For me, I, I honestly, I think that happiness is something that comes and goes. And so bliss and happiness are two different things. Like bliss is where you can, you know, sit on your deathbed and feel satisfied with your life. Like you can just look at your, you know, whatever you have, if it's family or if it's money and wealth, if it's success, you know, in, in any different era, area that you choose, um, that's that's kind of the bliss of life but then the happiness is kind of 
the succession points between life and death. Like happiness is the the upticks in the in the stock market, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, I I can see that. I feel like for a lot of people, happiness can be from Chick Fil A or <laughs> I just wanted Chick Fil A. That's why I said that. And their spicy chicken sandwich is really good. So <laughs> we're not sponsored by Chick Fil A, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but also for me, it's like going to the studio, making music, spending time with like my best friends, spending time with my mom. Um, but I feel like Victor Frankl kind of rebuttals that and is like, happiness isn't really that. Like, happiness is there even happiness? Because I think he's like the biggest critic of happiness because he doesn't yeah. really believe in it. And I. I feel like that's what we're so conditioned to do as, like, people in this new society is that we're conditioned to, you know, just be happy. But what does that mean? Like, that means pretty much nothing to everyone when it's applied to everyone, at least, because everybody's happiness is variable and depends on different circumstances. Like, for example, I don't think if I put Hannah in a studio (laughs) for, like, six hours, yeah, I don't think you'd, like, amount of joy. However, if... She went to LSU, for example, Louisiana State University. If I'd be happy, I would not like to study at Louisiana State University. But again, no shade to Louisiana State University, by the way. I just big <laughs> schools, party schools, not not my thing. Um, so I think that's an important factor. And I think when people are making ads, brands are making ads, they apply this happiness to everyone. And it's not really that accurate. Um, yeah. I want to kind of explain man's search for meaning just a little bit because there is some background as Hannah mentioned Victor Frankl um was a holocaust survival or survivor and he published this book in 1946 based on his experiences as a prisoner in Nazis concentration camps during World War II um that's the first part of the book is kind of like these excerpts of uh how he was there and how he was surviving and all this stuff and then the second part of the book is more so about what he learned there and his psychological analysis, which is logotherapy. Um, And he basically said in his logotherapy theory that your purpose in life isn't to be happy, but more so it's to find a meaning, which I think is like the opposite of what social media and everything on the internet tells us because Mm -hmm. there are so many things on my for you page on tiktok on instagram that are just bubble letters and like that cool tinted back screen that are like oh my god and just be happy or like or smile and it's like it's not that easy especially when everybody is telling you to do that you don't feel inclined to do that because it's you don't want to shower out the happiness with more happiness because that's going to result i think in at least a more depressive state yeah yeah well, I think because in, in his book, um, Frankel goes over, I guess, three pillars of finding meaning mm-hmm. in your life, which should result to happiness and to be able to be satisfied. It's love, work and suffering. Love as in confiding in another human being and being so OK with their existence that you feel like an astronomical connection, like something out of this world work being you feel confident in yourself that you can accomplish things and that you have accomplished things um and it's it's through work you find like through all of these things they're intertwined and then suffering is being able to pull through like the holocaust the holocaust was something that no one had ever imagined and so that kind of suffering has never even been like 
it hasn't been and it hopefully will never will be again but that kind of suffering is life altering Mm -hmm. yeah no um i think what a lot of people get wrong too when they interpret frankel is they say that like those are keys to like automatic happiness but it's not it's not those are like just ways to find a meaning in life and with that meaning in life then you can like kind of find happiness but it's more so based on circumstance and luck more than you put your effort and your hard work into finding happiness which is exactly what 2020 2021 and i'm sure many other generations are trying to do especially because they know we can consume that and we all are conditioned to do that which bargains an interesting topic with like therapy too because i feel like a lot of people are seeing therapists and i feel like one of their most biggest motivators in clients is just saying oh my god be happy like we're gonna get through this and you're gonna be happy and it's just not that simple it's not just Mm -hmm. that simple especially when the world is falling apart like it is i'm intentionally also i think frankel's i i read his book for an english class at santa monica college i think i might have been the only jew um but reading it honestly encouraged me to go into psychology because psychology is much more than prescribing someone medication and hope like hoping that it works mm-hmm. because i've had so many friends take meds and have their personalities disappear and alter yeah because they're just not happy and because it's either like the chemical imbalance which is a common thing at least now mm-hmm. it's a lot more common than we think that we thought it is but individuals like people are all their own individual yeah no i think that that's a whole other stretch of subject is um giving people antidepressants and i can definitely see the pros of that if they are really suffering but i feel like the con of that is that they get their pain numbed but don't develop happiness because all their emotions are kind of muted um which another thing about victor's book that i find interesting is that he kind of like I don't want to say talks crap, but he kind of <laughs> also, like, predicts the future of, like, yeah. the world. Because, again, there are so many people um, in 2020, especially all over the country, who have dealt with this pandemic pandemic in, like, a more depressive state. And I'm not saying that's not validated. Like, I totally get it. Like, staying in your house for 24 hours a day, that is not the best feeling. And that can really hurt. But in a sense, he kind of did predict that people are going to try to search for happiness. And I think this pandemic was like literal proof of this because what do you see on your free page? Just ways to make art to make you happy mm-hmm. or ways <laughs> to be happy or work out to feel happy. But I don't think you should just be aiming for a happiness in your life because, again, once you just if you are obsessing over this feeling, it's not going to create that feeling. It's just going to cause you more anxiety just thinking about it Mm -hmm. i think happiness i mean can lead to satisfaction like if if you're working out and you feel Mm -hmm. so much better than you had or i would even flip it around say satisfaction can lead to happiness happiness. right and so i think honestly they're like yeah yeah interchangeable no definitely and i feel like that's kind of also a little bit of a toxic trait to have in 2020 just because satisfaction and validation for me are practically the same thing and I feel like Mm -hmm. if you're constantly aiming to be validated you're again not gonna get what you want because I have friends who they get their validation from guys and then they'll constantly be like 
looking oh, for that like satisfaction. looking for that satisfaction from that man. But I feel like the only person that can really provide that validation or satisfaction is yourself because right. you're your own body and they're people. And honestly, like I really wish I was at this point and maybe I'm not the right person to be telling this, but other people's opinions shouldn't matter as much as yours does because at the end of the day, people are just passengers on your train, but you're the only passenger that's going to last on that train forever. Yeah. My mom I, always um, used to say that, so shout out to Olga. I, I kind of love that, actually. What I... I mean, Eva and I have spoken about this, but I think, personally, I've become such a better person because of my experiences and because of, not failures in my life, but everything I've gone through. But think about it. If you didn't go through that failure, then you wouldn't have been prepared for the next failure, and you wouldn't exactly. have, like, learnt what you need to know and, like, grow from. I mean, I feel like that's, like, so cliche, especially because people you know, are like, oh my god, mistakes are okay to be made. And like, yes, mistakes are okay to be made, but I don't think that's... You just learn from them. Yeah, exactly. If you learn from a mistake, then... It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake, and I feel like that's even better than succeeding, because now you have that, and you retain that information for the next time that you possibly could fail. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. What's interesting about Frankel's book, in my opinion, is that he has, like this opposition and pessimism on optimism and happiness as a whole yeah (laughs) like it's not that he well he challenges it well yeah he challenges it i wouldn't say he just denies he's like oh nobody can feel happy (laughs) no but he like he kind of is just like no like the society that's preaching this type of happiness from consumerism that's not happiness because if you are like happy from say a chick-fil-a sandwich is that really like happiness or is that a euphoric rush that you get after that chick-fil-a sandwich yeah and i'll add on to that when someone says like oh my god that sandwich is to die for oh I don't that, that that makes me i don't know it doesn't make me angry but it's would you really would you <laughs> seriously laugh would you lay your life down for a sandwich i i will get that for you like if you can't afford it like i'll do it for you but don't die for it. Like, die for <laughs> die for your country. Die for a cause. Die for something that you really want yeah. to do. If not even for your country, just die for, like, protecting somebody in your family if, like, there's, like, a serial killer. Exactly. Yeah, but what, would if you... If you want to die for that sandwich, I think you should really reconsider your life. Life, yeah. No, really, really re- reconsider your search for meaning. Yeah, because... Um. If yeah. you're at that point in your life, and you genuinely... I mean, I don't think anyone, like, genuinely means it. Yeah, I don't... I think people just say that as, like, kind and of like, like a, oh my god, a hyperbole, if you will. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Might I just say I'm educated in grammar. <laughs> Was she an English major? We may not know maybe. that. Um, maybe at one point with the... Um, okay, we're not gonna talk about my econ to busycon to... Poli-sci, now public affairs. Okay, anyways. um, Yeah, I just think it's interesting that he has this, like, pessimism to happiness, especially after he um, lived through or survived, I should say, the Holocaust, because I feel like if you survived or that event, you'd be, like, you know, you'd be, like, an optimist, kind of. But he's, like, I would say he's, like, more so a pessimist. And it's interesting that you say that because I have lots of friends who have obviously who lost their grandparents as aunts and uncles and things like mm-hmm. that and they won't talk about the holocaust really like, they just won't talk about their experiences because it's too painful to visualize yeah and it's it's really it's such a painful stain on a on a nation that yeah i 
the, I, it's just disgusting what happened. And I think my, like, what I'm really annoyed about now, too, is that these, this is into another conversation, but, like, at Capitol Hill, there were, like, white supremacists that were, like, six million wasn't enough. Like, how dare you? I'm, like, honestly, how dare you say that to, I'm Jewish, Hannah's Jewish, to, you know, we might be a minority in the United States, but that shouldn't, like, that shouldn't, like, give them leverage to do that. That, right. that It was absolutely disgusting, and I hope that if you were at that protest, you would have at least started a conversation with them and, like... Told them to reconsider. Reconsider and educated them. Because since when are Nazis and Americans the same thing? Yeah. Like, why, why is Nazi propaganda and swastikas able... Like, why are they able to... Why fly? are Americans doing this? Honestly, we have... Jews here and that's it's just disgusting and I will move on to the next subject because I will keep sorry get, getting like it's gonna be another conversation and yeah it's gonna be another conversation Stay about tuned. the morality of Republicans okay that's so that's so smart okay, yeah whatever whatever okay whatever. next topic um how does society implement happiness on us and that's kind of a media. yeah it's kind of for you to take on and i'll maybe rebuttal it or add um, on i mean like the chick i think i like how we're using the chick as an example like if you post yeah. about your food everyone's like oh my god so good so good <laughs> so good like postmates yourself like doordash plug for doordash yeah but- hannah's a doordash <laughs> but like if you okay i remember being like a teenager like 11 12 years old and my parents mm-hmm. didn't let me get an instagram because they didn't want my self-image to be deteriorated yeah Yeah. diminished yeah diminished because as a girl you look at all of these beautiful women and have their you know wide hips and the big boobs and the big butt and you're like but i'm 12 (laughs) but i'm 12 and i have not developed yet (laughs) but that's also like i feel like now though like 12 year olds are doing that and they're all on tiktok and they're all on tiktok our age 18 yeah no like and like honestly there's nothing if you want to do that that's like great but i feel like that's like in a way it's that hurtful. that people like it's unfair to like say me or Hannah who we're like on the leaner side, and we see these girls on Instagram and obviously if you're twelve you're not gonna know that's Facetune and that's like that's all fake and it creates like this mental image in your head that oh my god if I want to be happy I have to I look, look like, like that. that if I want to get guys and be happy I have to look like that and yes there's been like a body positivity movement but I feel like with that too it can be super negative and. I guess my biggest problem to the whole entire social media realm, too, is that they create these, like, unrealistic expectations for young girls. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's just... It's sad to watch. It's sad to watch. And also, you shouldn't be focusing on having, like, the biggest boobs when you're 12. And you shouldn't... It's also not in your control. Yeah, it's also not in your control. It's something you can't control. And I feel like the more that people use this, like, Facetune and don't admit to it... Yeah it just deteriorates and they are there and they those instagram influencers has the have the audacity to be like oh my god preach preach everybody is like beautiful and like self-love and like i have no plastic surgery like if you're gonna do it admit to it so you don't wreck people's interpretations of themselves um it's just sad like i i mean i babysit for kids and i like see people on mm -hmm. and these young girls are looking at all of these women and and thinking that they can be them. Yeah. But you are your own human being. You are you. And I mean, 
I remember hearing this, like, there's only one of you on this earth, but it's true. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's only one of you on this earth. And you have you unique want to be shit. happy, yeah. you need to be the, ha- like, you need to be the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Not, you need to be the other people. people. And I feel like that's what society wants to do, is they want us, they all want us to make us, like, one-dimensional thinkers that are, you know, kind of the same type of person. Mm-hmm. Um in a way, also, with Instagram, the way they implement happiness and how social media and how society does it is through consumerism. And I feel like the person behind this is Jeff Bezos because of Amazon. <laughs> it's like you go on Amazon and you, right now I really want an ice cream maker, right? Because who doesn't want to eat ice cream for dinner? Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to mom. I'm going to definitely not do that tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... You're like, oh my god, if I get this ice cream maker, I'm going to be so happy. And it's like this quick thrill. But that's not a real want. That's like a false need. I learned this in the philosophy class. It's like a false need. And what you don't see behind the consumerism that's going on is the fact that there's people who work their asses off in Amazon um, for the corporation and barely get paid and, you know, risk, like, going to the washroom and stuff. Because I read articles where... Amazon workers can't even go to the washroom when they're, like, you know, delivering or stuff. Washroom is a bathroom. Or, yeah, washroom is a bathroom. Sorry, I'm a Canadian, so that's why. But it's just, it's super immoral in my eyes that they do this. And I feel like consumerism is the biggest force to what society thinks is happiness. And it's all driven by the elitist class and big corporations and corporations that want you to invest yourself into them honestly as a whole and person not to. and yeah and it's like that's a whole other conversation like that's you see ads all the time on instagram you know whether it be acne clearing face masks or curology or whatever it is the, and the um the, the 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 shampoo that like changes your hair oh yeah what it's I called know function it, oh yeah I, function of beauty I, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be. And I bought it and I was so excited for it. And then... Exactly. So, like, they make you so excited. They hype you up and they're like, oh, my God. You... Buy our product. You're going to buy our product and your so happiness happy. is going to be, like, marginally increased. And they kind of, like, manipulate you and hypnotize you because I feel like sometimes when I do what society tells me, I'm like, oh, my God, I am happier. But am I really happier or is that their manipulation like superseding onto my body i i just don't know and that's what makes it really hard to define happiness because i don't think i can even reach happiness unless i don't have a meaning in life which i think is a a lot of the reason why people don't have happiness is because they don't have a meaning in life and i guarantee you that buying a special shampoo for your hair coming from a personal experience is not gonna make you happier it like ruins your hair yeah you You know honestly i think what they're aiming for that is just they're gonna kind of do like the placebo effect you know what i mean like like, my my hair does look good yeah wow it looks great hannah and then you just i don't know i feel like there's such an extent of brainwash with consumerism too because you know metaphorically and physically you need to look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you need to have happiness from your own from your own direction yeah your own direction yeah no and that's i don't think that's really possible because people brands and we are consumers they don't want you to feel that because that's going to make you stop buying your products or like buy their products they're they'd more so be happy and have an easier control if the person was like oh my god i want to buy this product i want to buy this product and 
If they don't work, you're going to keep buying more until they do work. But the thing is, those products are never going to work. And more so, they're not going to make you a forever changed person or a happier person, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I I honestly think that's very immoral for corporations to do because they know what they're doing. The elitist class. Yeah. And that's that's kind of like where I want to change PR. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to make like an ethical standard for like sustainability and consumerism but we'll see i don't know mm-hmm. and for music i don't know <laughs> wow anyway yeah i i just think that happiness is not obviously not a tangible thing which many people think it is and happiness is so self-dependent and it's not dependent on other people and yet we get this message through instagram through these influencers and yet we don't know it and the thing is it doesn't even have to be an influencer it can be a friend that you like kind of like not look up to but like you see them as someone so beautiful and you're like oh i really like the way that she does this oh well, i'll mm-hmm. do that and that'll yeah. make me like feel better about myself and you guys are different people you can't copy somebody like you yeah. know what i mean like you need to do what you want to do and exactly try out how you want to be also putting all of your emotional stability into a person just isn't a good thing it's first of all it's not fair to them but overall i don't think it's fair to you because you then, like, deprive yourself of emotions that you would be exerting onto yourself and more so put the other person in stress. Exactly. And that's, I feel like that's, like, a big differentiation with, like, our parents and us is that our parents used to deal with problems on their own. And now that we have, like, resources. I mean, like, it's not a bad thing that we have resources and therapists and whatever. But I feel like since now it's, like, in the palm of our hands. Yeah, it's easily accessible. It's easily accessible. We also have different problems than our parents did oh my god yeah like my dad's and he used to be able to like go out on his bike in the like early morning and come back at night and that could just never happen now because people get kidnapped and like like that which then that bargains the question of did society create this like super i mean i think they did toxic and like fantasized society Mm -hmm. i feel like also media really impacts the decisions that people make in their life um yeah so that's like a whole other stretch, but it's weird because I was talking to my mom too, like you just said, and she was telling me how, you know, sometimes she'd walk late at night when she was coming back from uh, medical school. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking, I was like, what if I decide to walk back from class pre-coronavirus? Like I couldn't, I couldn't do that because I would fear like getting, you know, kidnapped. And I feel like even going to a party now or pre-COVID, sorry. Yeah. Um, if I went to a party, like, pre-COVID, I'd be scared going because, uh, like, I'd be scared going in an Uber back because you see all these stories. Um, like, girls getting kidnapped. Girls getting kidnapped. Okay, yeah, also, when our parents were, sorry, when we were growing up, our parents said, never get into a car with a stranger. Mm-hmm. And now we pay people to take us. That's such a good point. I... I know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, so and weird. like also, um, they also said don't like don't trust everything you see on the internet. Yeah, everybody gets their like from news Amazon. and their like fake news from oh, oh, like from news sources. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's we're doing everything that we've we're been taught, taught to do, which I think is like the rebellious side of us because you know parents go one way and you're like I want to be different. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know, um, but. I guess the point of this podcast was kind of to open up your doors and your eyes to man's search for meaning. And hopefully you find a meaning in life. I think my meaning in life 
is to make music. Yeah. What, I don't like, know. What do you think makes you the happiest? Or, or, or should I say, like, what should I say gives me most satisfaction? Or I guess, like, the meaning in life for me is, um, there's a few, but I think the main one is writing music. I, like, take so much pride in, like, coming home and, like, writing a song after a day or just picking up a guitar throughout midday and just writing something that's in my feels, even though it might not be um, the best song, but at least I'm getting my validation circuit out. That's what I wrote yeah. on my whole Jesse's. Uh, but mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. What's your meaning in life? Um, My meaning in life is... I I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out... I don't have a specific hobby that I could see myself doing. Mm-hmm. However... I blame this on Frankel, but, like, psychoanalyzing someone. Yeah. And it is not just someone else, but I... I I know that I'm kind of contradicting, like, you know, putting all of your emotions into one person, but I like to know the ins and outs of, like, the human thought process. Mm -hmm. And it's not just people. It's, like, how people react to things. Yeah. And how people conversate. And I was... I had recently met... A person and over I'd say the course of eight months I got to know them better than I knew myself mm-hmm. which is interesting because I feel like so many people know like their parents better than their parents know themselves or sometimes I like to think that I like know Matt better than um I know myself because you learn so much about them through you're spending time, and it's like, I wonder what their perception of me is. You know what I mean? Like, and, what and are the they thinking? Is, we had talked about it. Like, we had talked about how mm-hmm. there, there's there been so much growth within our relationship, but it's not just our relationship, it's, it's ourselves. Yeah, personal Like, he growth. taught me to love myself, and I couldn't... I'm gonna start crying. I hadn't thought of myself like that, but mm-hmm. seeing myself through his eye... Oh my god, I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing myself through his eyes, I saw how special I was. Hannah's the most special girl on the planet. <laughs> I swear to and God. And there's no other Hannah Rose Polterack on this earth. Period. Period. And I'm so happy I got to know him. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I feel like the same way. I feel like I I was... I was like, I'm not name-dropping. You can't have <laughs> Yeah, I'm like... No, I can see... Like, I met Hannah through this person, but... Damn, she's special. But, um, no, like, dating who I'm dating right now, I've kind of seen that personal growth and that confidence that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that's, like, the meaning in life is not, not like, dating somebody, but finding, like, that personal growth within yourself. Because, like, we we just, like, bash on people who put themselves, like, in the hands of others. But if you look at someone for validation, mm-hmm. that's not a good that's thing. That's different. But if, but- if you find yourself through them like you can't rely on them you have to rely on, on yourself, yourself to do that to do that but it's honestly an unconscious thing at the most part because you don't even know mm-hmm. what's happening because i don't think you were like oh my god oh, no you know way. what i mean but it kind of just happened it was like an unconscious after thing after we uh, we've stopped talking for like a week but i my entire world has shifted now that i'm looking at we met at the beginning of quarantine and I am such a different person. Really? I am so happy with who I am. Exactly, yeah. Because of that other human. Mm-hmm. Which is so crazy. It's it's really weird because I feel like everybody was such a different person. Maybe mm-hmm. for the worse, for the better. 
Yeah. Whatever you want to put it in terms of. Mm -hmm. But I think that the one thing that we all can relate to is the fact that we have grown in any direction. Yeah. Um, And I feel it's because we are confined to our beds in our houses. I mean, for the most part, most of us, because some people are not obeying quarantine laws. (laughs) But what I will say is that bringing it back to Frankel with his third like pillar mm-hmm. and in suffering you find happiness like yeah I, obviously not like that extent no but, no right yeah. no of course but i mean through covid we have found the silver linings like i have also like i just started talking to this other person and like from within like 48 hours we like connected on such a good level. Exactly, like, yeah. Just as homies. Exactly. And so, like talking to that person, I worked like stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so, I really discovered like discovered a lot about myself. Like looking back, like I almost mm-hmm. that kind of conversation was a reflection on the past. Yeah. And so I've now solidified these ideas of you know what society is like, what quarantine has been, you know. Mm-hmm. And things like that. Yeah. It's such a special... The thing is, we while we are making history, <laughs> we're, we're literally living history, it's a unique pattern that we're... That we yeah, it's in. just weird because I, like, imagine if, like, you were not in, like, the generation that, like, that happened to. I don't we're know. We're stronger for Yeah, it. we're stronger. Um, yeah. I guess that kind of wraps up the whole mm-hmm. entire man search for meaning, coronavirus... Like topic, social, social kind of aspect of that, yeah. but I want to again thank Hannah for of course this, coming these back are so on. Inquisitive, yeah, <laughs> no, I really, I feel like I'd really like to listen to this podcast, but I hate the sound of my voice. I'm like, same. I feel like I sound either like a person who is going through the day after their puberty, <laughs> like a boy, or I sound like a person that's just trying to sound like low in their voice because i i'm a musician and my voice is so oh, much you, higher wait, you're a musician yeah wow <laughs> wow who 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 didn't know. know but like i feel i honestly feel like a lot of the time people are very confused on my speaking voice because it's very low and i can get like really high and then i can get like kind of medium yeah I um but yeah anyways i hope you guys enjoyed listening you yeah. can find me on instagram at Vaughn Winuk. It's V-O-N-W-N-U-K-K. Yeah, and I recently redownloaded Instagram because of, I mean, over the last two weeks, I've just been off it because I, like, couldn't handle. But my username is Hannah.Polterak, H-N-N-A-H, period. <laughs> P-O-L-T-O-R-A-K. Give me a follow. I follow back. Yeah, exactly. You want a free follow back? You follow Hannah. I yeah. cannot guarantee you that I'll follow you back. The luxury. The lu- Maybe if you DM me, uh, send me a Chick-fil-A sandwich through DoorDash. <laughs> um, but and with that, we will, we will be going adieu, in. A, adieu. Yeah. Bye. What's the thing? Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, thank God. Yeah, okay, um, Baruch Hashem, everybody. Bye. How do you say bye in Hebrew? Shalom. Lahitra oh, out. Yeah. Lahitra out. Lahitra out. Oat milk. Okay. <laughs> Lahitra out.